Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. This is a podcast on the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com. Super Movie Brothers, episode 165. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. Hey, Jay, I'm just going to let you know what I've been up to this week real quick. If you can tell by my voice, I've had an upper respiratory infection for the better part of a week. So my voice, you know, but the... the I sound a little hoarse, too, because I've been screaming all night last night, so... So, yeah. I'll uh, get into that. Yeah, whoa. (laughs) Be careful. I mean, we're not a family-friendly show or anything, but, I mean, Mm. you don't want to let people too in on what you get up to with the ladies that you go on dates from Bumble with. Uh, no, I, um, so with this, with this voice, like what I realized, like now I can, you know, like there's certain sounds you can only make when you wake up in the morning, like, uh, like stuff like that. I can, this is all I can do, but I can do the best macho man, Randy Savage when I have an upper respiratory infection like this. Oh yeah. saw is ready. We should do some recordings with that voice. <laughs> See, there and there's, there's, the, there's, aftermath there's, that, there's yeah. the aftermath of it right there. Just, just all that cough. So that's how my week's been going. Let's find out, Jay, what you've been up to this week. It's been one week since you looked at me. Got your head to the sides and I'm angry. All right, Jay, what you get down to doing this week? What were you up to? Anything fun? Anything interesting? Uh, I had a great um, weekend. I mean, we had a great party. That was a lot of fun. Sort of. Uh, we we overlapped for yeah. like a half hour. That's about it. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> so uh, I went back to the party. I had a late start to the party. Um, Beer Olympics, yeah. our friends hosted. And Dave had an early start. He was a member of the Beer Olympics. Yeah, and was, I was the DD. It was. Uh, <laughs> so we, we, we've done Beer Olympics before. And it's a lot of fun. There's a ton of beer games that we play. Um, it's kind of like, like our, our Yard Olympics, except this is all drinking games. And they changed up the games this year. Like last year... I won. Uh, you know, my team was was first, and this year we didn't even place, man. We came in fourth. That's like first loser. That's terrible. You mm-hmm. know, we can't. We couldn't even take home the bronze. Um, but yeah, the, the games were all completely different. But it was all a lot of fun. We played this really fun game where it, it's kind of like an Easter egg hunt, but for your beers. Each team has two beers, and the refs went and hid the beers from us, and they were anywhere on the property. So you had to find it, like literally an egg. Yeah, anywhere. anywhere. So you had to find it, like an Easter egg, um, and then. When both of your teams have the beers, they chug them and then you're done. So we it's a, it's a great little right. game, right? So so we go out there and one of the rules to it was is if you find another team's beer, you can do anything you want to it. You can't you can't tamper with it, you can't lick it, you can't, you know, dip your balls all over it, but you can shake it up and you can rehide it on them. So I was finding more beers for for other people than I was for my own, and that's exactly what I did. I was hiding other people's in way worse spots, and by the time we were done, we were still missing a beer, and I knew it was a beer that I had. Everyone's like, well, what'd you do with it? I was like, I shook it up, and I chucked it over my shoulder into a bunch of bushes, and now it's not there. (laughs) 
<laughs> so someday they'll find that beer. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a it was a great bit of fun. But I did have my daughter at home, and I wanted to get home in time to put her to bed. And you were kind enough to give me a ride home so that I could do that. Yes. So that was that was good. Um, and then what else did you get up to this week, man? Did you, uh, I heard you I had, had a little sh- bit of well, basketball the next day. Game? I had a shit fest of a drunk golf outing, which was a lot of fun. And um, two days later, I had my championship basketball game. We were very confident going in for the most part. We beat them prior. I saw you guys on your golf trip, though. I saw some Instagram photos. I just right. wanted to say, you guys look like wild hogs, like like the, the preppy version of wild hogs. Yes, <laughs> it's very much that. Yeah, you know, they're in their upper 40s. Kids are already like, you know, college and shit. And, you know, they're having their health problems starting to kick in. Like, here's the thing. One guy's not trying to drink anymore. It looks fun. <laughs> doing shots. It looks fun from the Instagram photos. Like, you guys look like yeah. you're having a good time. But then I zoom into their eyes and I know their fathers because there's soulless, like, lifeless eyes in all of their head. Lifeless eyes. Black eyes. Like a doll's eyes. And I was like, okay. They know that this is fleeting. This fun they're having, they still have to go back to reality. <laughs> True. Except for you. You have that, that footloose and that, fancy free gaze because... That, that's why they like keeping me around. <laughs> that's what, yeah, because yeah. you young it up. It's, I young it up. It's funny. Anytime you're around, you're like... They, our, it's another one of those like live vicariously through... You're the geezer You're the thing. geezer of our group, and then you hang out with them, and you get to be the young buck with them. It's fun. You li- you really do live a complicated lifestyle. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm a shapeshifter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just kind of like mold into different environments and just blend in, and you know, I, I play no, roles no. here and there, and this you're, kind of you're well blending. S- see, you're six foot eight. You don't blend in anything. And I, I, I see. Well, like I said, I always had the fantasy of being like a spy. You know that. I've always liked the you know spy. Spies movies, truly have to blend James in Bond stuff. When everyone sees you and goes, "Holy shit, it's Bigfoot!" Then they're they're not going to buy you as a spy. I know that. And I'm envious of those people. Yeah. So, you know I don't like the attention. <laughs> you, a lot of tall people do. Secretly, I don't. Secretly, you nah, do. Actually, I really don't. I used you as a ploy against one of my opponents, Tony, who is well, which always works. Six foot seven. I wanted to throw him off his game. So when you showed up, I went, "Hey, Tony, it's the only guy you know that's taller than you." And he like looked at me and he gave me like the dirtiest look, like "fuck you." And it's just like, man, tall guys really do have a thing about being taller than other people. Some do. Yeah. I don't care. I love it. It's like, oh, cool. We got something in common. We can talk about. And we can talk. Shit, we can whatever. Talk about. <laughs> we can brag about how tall we are and how small it makes like, our penises look. <laughs> It's like it's like he's he's got like the tall version of Napoleon complex, right? It's it's one of those kind of weird things. Right. So and you had a you had a basketball game. Oh god. Yeah. Well, let's just say that it's very complicated to explain cuz there was a lot of different kind of dramatic elements um thrown into it and I literally You don't need to explain anything, Jay, cuz it it sums it up when you told me how upset you were that you lost and I was like this is a peewee basketball league for adults and you are very upset about it extremely <laughs> i jay jay whether you so fucking angry whether you won or lost your life is in the exact same position it was before that game happened it doesn't matter whether not you between won my it. ears dude i was so i woke up angry I was so depressed and down and sore as shit all day long. My knees, no, my, sore my, part my, I get. my tailbone, I landed on my yeah. tailbone. But I almost want to say it's kind of sadder that you're this upset about Dude, losing. I stole, I, I, as soon as the game whistled, I literally grabbed my shit and walked out. I didn't say goodbye to anybody. <laughs> you were I went straight to the fucking bar. You didn't even like shake hands at everybody? Like a game. Good Not game? even my good teammates. Game? I literally grabbed my shit and left. You didn't like reach your hands was, down your pants and just like, Dave, just, like if, rub your Dave, bo- rub your balls or your David, hand and then shake their David, hands. David, David, I if I stayed there 
And anybody fucking said anything to me, I was going to fucking fight them. You stink, Palmer. You take your hand, you stick it in your ass like this. <clears throat> there, now you shake hands with the guy. Why? I was so fucking angry, so pissed off. Yo, get over so you. pissed off. Get over and yourself. And it was mostly th- because of the refs. I give the players get the benefit of the doubt. They did play well. Get over However, yourself. those fucking refs and that one ref in particular all season long fucking give me shit. And it was just all around across the board, horrible calls and no calls and vice versa. It was disgusting. It was horrible. I'm so, oh God. <laughs> This is this is the reason why I, I choose not to play basketball too often because of my temper. Like I I have an extreme outburst type temper about me um, that comes out in competitive team sports <laughs> and sometimes with golf. <laughs> I'm already but, done talking about it because you sucked all the fun yeah, out of it, Jay. That's it. No, that's all. <laughs> all right, man. We got some news that we got to discuss this week, so let's head over and let's get into our news. Some brief news stories to go over. These are just some of the ones that caught my fancy throughout the week as they've been dropping. So first things first, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Jay, you know him. He's kind of a big star, Hobbs and Shaw and everything. He's going to be starring in another movie next summer where he plays some sort of secret agent cop spy guy who also is funny. Um, And it's going to be in theaters every summer from now until he is in his 60s to 70s. That's just, I mean, that's just, just fact of life. Fact of life. Fact of we just life. need to accept that. <laughs> Fake news. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. He will be, he will be in something though. <laughs> Fake-ish <laughs> that is, news. That is yeah. very similar to that. <laughs> uh, but also, we have uh, Henry Golding is in talks to play Snake Eyes in a G.I. Joe spinoff film. Now, what I find interesting about this is it's going to be a G.I. Joe spinoff film that's going to be about Snake Eyes, but he's the one G.I. Joe that doesn't talk. I mean, he's not funny. It's not like he's the silent Bob of of the uh, of of the GI Joe characters. But I believe he's taken a vow of silence, so he doesn't talk. So, what are we going to be following there? Like, is it going to be the story between him and his brother, who's part of Cobra? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I also don't care. Hollywood's really trying to make him a big star. That I mean, that's fine, and that's I, cool because I, I, I like him a lot. He's a great actor. I do like him. But I don't know why Hasbro just can't like let this go. Like you made two movies. I don't know how they ever made a sequel, but somehow they did. But because the first one was so bad, everyone they who's had in, money to spend. Look, even Marlon Wayans was like, I don't even want to come back. Yeah. <laughs> like even Marlon Wayans didn't want to come back. Like, isn't that isn't that like a, a red flag for you? Channing Tatum, who was supposed to be the franchise star, was just like mm. That's his second least film to yeah. do. He's like he was contracted. He was contracted to do it, but Channing Tatum was like, I'll come back for the second one but you have to kill my character off in like the first 15 minutes or oh right right, right yeah right, and yeah. they did that's right and they absolutely yeah. did uh and then they made it all about the rock because that's what you do with franchises so the rock saves hollywood so 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 along with the world just to tie it into our first fake news story this real news story is probably going to be uh henry golding and the rock buddy cop movie gi joe roadblock with the rock and henry golden as snake eyes that's how you continue this franchise. All right. Because that's what they're going to do. I mean, that's I mean, what, what Universe is going to That's what they have to do, right? To, to make this care to anybody. You can't just keep joining him up with Kevin Hart all the time. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Kevin Hart is a G.I. Joe named Teeny. <laughs> I wonder if it's like, you know, they, they just got to like match every single kind of species up along with The Rock. 
You know, you got like the British guy, Jason Statham. You got Kevin Hart. I'm know, sorry. Did you, you just that. call other people, other human beings, yeah. like, different species? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> may or may not have said that. I'm, I'm so I'm sorry. I'm coughing. That that after, it only happens when I laugh that hard. But you literally <laughs> said species as if like British people are a different species. Or or what's even worse, Jay? Like you went full eugenics and you were pretty much backwards referring referring to Kevin Hart as a different species. <laughs> well, that's left to be up to. That's debatable. I mean, I I'm, I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll say we'll play the tape back sometime. But I'm gonna call mildly racist on that. If we were playing the game, is it racist? I'm gonna check the box. Yes. I, I I could see that. I'll admit ne- that. Next news. It's story. been coming out a lot lately. <laughs> uh, so apparently, as Jay gets older, uh, yeah, his racism just comes out. No, no, we're kidding. Jay didn't mean that. He just misspoke. He used the wrong word. This is why I'm not in politics. Like, <laughs> this is what you would be. <laughs> uh, you'd be. You'd definitely be the guy that. I'm that, no speechwriter. You'd definitely be the guy that that like refers to Puerto Rico as like some other country, and it's like, no, we're part of your country, you assholes. <laughs> uh, all right. So in other news, and this one really actually makes me sad because one of these movies I really like, uh, the Lion King remake, surpasses Frozen for the highest grossing animated film of all time. That actually kind of bothers because I think already even I I, I kind of feel like Frozen kind of like deserved that spot in some way. It came out uh, at a time. It was a phenomenon. Right. An original movie phenomenon. It came out at a time when Disney wasn't that popular, especially with their princesses. They did a story that was completely different than any other princess story they had ever done. You know, they did the great musical fanfare and stuff like that. And I have to watch it a lot in my house. Mm. So because my daughter loves Frozen. So I have to like kind of somewhat attach myself to it and be like you know what i do like this because it's a war of attrition really like the more and more i see it the more it just indoctrinates me to love it more mm. uh but you know the lion king remake eh, it was so it was the thing yeah that happened um, i mean people like it yeah. but i don't think people are going to be love it what, what i what i really think know? this was is first off it's lion king so it's already a i mean the original one was better than frozen and stuff like that it captured the hearts of like literally everyone in the entire world and i think the cure this is like the curious effect where people are like it's not good and people are like yeah but it's the lion king so i'm, I'm still kind of curious i want to see it of course and they're willing to pay to go see it of course i understand why people win so yeah 100 i do now with the next news story yeah yeah go ahead. i got my beef all right Jay, what's this other disney news that, that you're having such an issue with well disney is actually trying to figure out a way to develop a sequel to Aladdin. The Return of Jafar. Because they also <laughs> crossed a billion dollars somehow. Now, this reminds me exactly like the Alice in Wonderland Dude, saga. This is amazing. This is like, like for, first off, all these Disney, we, we can say quote unquote failures because they're, they're they're like critical failures in a right. way. They're, they're, they're not these big, you know, sensational movie. movies. Right. movies. They're not yeah. Endgame, right? They're not, sure, or, or sure. a Star Wars exactly. movie. You know, they're not, they're not doing, they're not doing gangbusters. Uh, they're kind of just slowly trickling in with, with, with their box office. Like, you know, the first weekend's great and then it tr- trickles off, but it stays in the theaters long enough mm-hmm. that like it just keeps, the money just keeps trickling in. And it, and it reminded me of like, you know, when you watch like Daytona 500 or you watch um, you watch F1 and stuff like that. It like Disney's treating these movies like they are the race car driver who's got two laps left. They're on dead E and they could pit right now, but then they're not going to win. So fuck it. We're just going to go fucking harder at it. We're just going to keep driving for that finish line. And they stall out just as they cross the finish line. Like that's that's how they're making a billion dollars. I feel like they are strategically placing these movies 
to come out at times when there's not a lot of other family films right. to come out, and it's perfect for people to get their kids out to see right. them and right. trickle in those dollars. No, there's definitely a scheme behind it. I mean, they're 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 definitely planning that kind of stuff out for sure. Now, I do think that, I don't know like, why I just picture Disney sequel. like standing in a war room and like on top of it, they have like all these other films, and when they're coming out and they're sure. just moving their pieces, and it looks like it, exactly it, it looks like Nazi Germany, and they're just like moving their or pieces. like or the Game of Thrones <laughs> scenes, Game of Thrones. right? Yeah, it's like we got two lion's heads over here. Yeah. We got a magic carpet sigil over here. Oh and they're just God. not. However, like, like I was saying about Alice in Wonderland, it made over a billion dollars. Now, I do think most of that was because of them riding the coattails of Avatar with the whole IMAX 3D technology, whatever. Now, the sequel flopped hard. It didn't even get to a. I think it got $330 million. I think I just read that recently. Right. And it cost worldwide. Practically that worldwide. To not even domestic. Yeah. So. That was a huge failure compared to the billion dollars. Well, that and they didn't I have think Tim, Aladdin in the sequel will be the same type of situation. They also didn't have Tim Burton behind the sequel, did they? Correct. Right. So that also hurts it. But the same cast. Because there are there are but, diehard Burtonites out there who are just like, Burton's doing it? And that is true. Yeah. That is true. Um, now, but I do feel like that if they do go through with Aladdin's sequel, <laughs> also that movie it's cost, going to the, be the, the same The movie cost $300 million to make. $100 million of that was probably just for Johnny Depp alone to get him back in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I'm sorry. Uh, well, at that time, yeah, 150 was million was quote, unquote, was to clean him up, and then the other 150 million was just to pay him, and then and then they that the and then they got that movie made. <laughs> yes, but yeah, I I I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, but they're going to be making this this Aladdin live action sequel. They're trying to. They're trying to figure out a way that nobody wants. But they can. They had a direct. They had a direct to to VHS sequel to it, like they did to all their movies back in the early 90s. They had Return of Jafar. Just make that one. Well, they have Disney Plus coming out now, and they're going to be doing a lot of different things with that. That's so true. you never know. You just never know what they're going to do. Literally, Disney can just revive. They can, they can revive all do properties. Any, yeah. I mean, we did just hear that they're like, "Oh, we're going to remake Home Alone, but we're going to do it on on Disney Plus." And it's like, who? Why? Home Alone is perfect. I was angry, my friend, Home when Alone? I heard that. Home Alone's I, great. Even Macaulay Culkin had an awesome response. Yeah, yeah, his uh, Home Alone. Yeah, but the, the coolest part of his response is he has an he has an N sixty four controller sitting at his feet. So <laughs> that's the coolest part. That of his is pretty response. cool. Uh, but it, you know, it, but in this day and age, how the fuck are you gonna do? Why it? are you remaking this? How? It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. How are you gonna do that with with technology nowadays? It doesn't work. How are you gonna do it without John Hughes? Go fuck yourself. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Next news story. All right, Jay. Universal is canceling the release of The Hunt amidst all the shootings. It's uh, it's it's strange. It's not the first time we've seen a movie get canceled because of political reasons. I mean, you know, we famously the interview with Seth Rogen uh, was canceled because. North Korea was like, fuck it, we'll bomb you motherfuckers if you put this out in the <laughs> yeah. theaters. And Sony, like, the, eventually, like, people were like, oh, and, like, it didn't stop. It went is on. Is this worth the risk? Is it worth it? And then the movie went straight to Crackle, which was, it's just Sony's streaming service, which is free. Uh, and everybody watched it and went like, eh, you know what? I'm glad we dodged this. I'm glad we dodged this bullet. I'm glad this didn't come out. We also got the awesome Sony email leaks from all that, too. Uh, fun times for fun Sony. Time, fun times for Sony. That's right. That's that's when they were writing a it's the firing Andrew Garfield and uh, and and bringing Tom Holland in and making their deal with Marvel and stuff. Oh, just uh, oh, memories. But so they're going to cancel this because I mean we've had a rash of shootings go across America. Apparently, like you know you you can just walk into Walmart with with a semi-automatic weapon and just start picking people off. 
And, you know, I don't want to get like too political, so I won't. But I, I, I don't blame them for pulling this from the theaters. Now, now The Hunt, if you're not aware of it, it's the movie uh, with with kind of like, you know, I would say a small cast, but it's Emma Roberts, Hilary Swank, Ethan Suppley, Justin Hartley from This Is Us, Ike Barinholtz. And, you know, it's, it's about a bunch of people who wake up in a clearing. They have no clue where they are. Or, or even like how they got there and they are being hunted by people and it is it, 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 like it seems like it's rich white people just shooting people for fun they're hunting them for fun the most dangerous game you know oh, and yeah. and it, it, I, I could see how this is not something that you would want to portray but we've seen this before again this is this is basically the plot for predators <laughs> The film where, film where Toe for Grace and Adrian Brody wake up on an alien planet and turn out they're being hunted by the predators. That's what this movie is. It's just real people. And that that is what has Universal so scared. It, it, it's kind of like hostile, but probably a little bit toned down. I wasn't terribly excited for the movie, so I'm not like shocked and awed. It, it'll come out eventually. It, it's coming to a streaming service near you is what it comes down to. Next news story. <laughs> All right, Jay, final news story. So Lucasfilm is going to be making their first film outside of Star Wars and Indiana Jones. I mean, that's all Lucasfilm has ever done. And Disney is spearheading the development of it, obviously. Uh, and this is going to be a film that is based on the best-selling children's novel, Children of Blood and Bone. Mm. Which is a book that was written by Tomi Ediemi. And it's, it's a story that, that takes place in, in a different world filled with dark magic, danger, and a young woman, uh, teams up with a princess to restore magic to the land in the aftermath of the queen's death. So, you know, it, it was apparently a best selling YA novel. So it seems like it's right up it's right up Lucasfilm's alley, right? Like it's it's sure. it's a different world and they get to build it from from the ground up and all that stuff and how it's supposed to look and you know I th- I think it works. I think it's interesting to see that Lucasfilm is going to be, you know, Kathleen Kennedy is going to be like spearheading something different that isn't Star Wars. It's I th- exciting. I think it we is. now know what they're going to be doing in that like 2 year period after episode 9 where they're taking Star Wars films off for a little while. They're going to be developing some new stuff, which I think is extremely interesting. I I've I've never really heard of this series. I'm not familiar with it. Uh, I'm probably not even going to want to check it out before it comes out because I'm not so into reading young adult novels at, at my age any longer. But I'm intrigued by it, and I, and I, I certainly want to see what it has going for it. We know what you people like. <laughs> uh, do we say you people? Wait, 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 uh, wait, can we say that? I'm leaving you people. Huh? What do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? Fire super movie by Jay. <laughs> so it certainly seems interesting. Uh, it's something for us to keep our eyes on, Jay, to see how how we how, how we feel about it. Maybe someday we'll get to do a trailer park for it. Or just what do like- you mean, Dave? <laughs> what do you mean, we? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> All right, Jay, that is this week's movie news. Let's head over and let's get ourselves into what are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Oh, ain't watching. No, 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 go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. All right, Jay, what'd you get down to watching this week? Please tell me it was something other than the motherfucking Americans. Yeah, I actually did not watch much of uh, that show. I'm not going to speak that name anymore. As but. you should never, ever again. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so I caught myself Arbitrage? Arbitra- arbitrage or Traj or I don't know how you've... Albatross? Albatross? Let me see the word, Jay. Let me see it. Nope, it's Arbitrage. Yeah, okay. okay. 
Hey, you're saying it right. Hey. Well, he don't know talking good like me and you. So his vocabulistics is limited to I and am and group. All right. So this one is a very interestingly and and very taut, uh, high class New York hedge fund like wealthy banker manager. So disinterested already. But played continue. by Richard Gere gets entangled with a. It's kind of like one of those like twenty four hour movies. Like he's just under the gun, under the spotlight. He's about to get an award for his great job, but actually he's secretly losing a shitload of money and he has to get this deal through. And another big plot twist happens where there's a murder and he's entangled with it. And a lot of different kind of interesting, engrossing thriller aspects in high side New York City with a lot of great actors in there, you know, with Richard Gere. So it's definitely worth a watch. Sounds a lot like Eyes Wide Shut minus the sex. Uh, but better. <laughs> but better than Eyes Wide Shut? Um, as a movie as a whole, in a you lot of ways. You love Eyes Wide I Shut, do. though. No, I do. But, but only for the sex. But, I mean, this is like a, you know, it's like a 95-minute movie. It's a very taut little thing. You know, it's very, it's edge-of-your-seat thriller kind of thing. You know, it's really cool. Pass. What else you got? <laughs> I actually saw Take Me Home Tonight. Uh-huh. Take me home. Tonight. Someone was perusing tonight. Netflix past 1 a.m. That's what happens. You watch uh, Topher Grace oh, yeah. comedy from 10 years ago. 80s <laughs> cocaine fun. Uh, yeah. So this is kind of like this like that low mid 28. You know, the d- best part about that movie is that it has Michael Bean from fucking Aliens in it. That's the best oh, part of that. Well, movie. not just that, but, you know, a nice, sexy Teresa Palmer and, you know, Topher Grace trying to be a movie star still. Oh, Jay, I'm not like you. I don't reduce women to their to, to, to their looks like you do. Well, she didn't have much real acting to do in this movie. <laughs> this was straight up for her looks. She was role. there to be a piece. We get yeah. it. <laughs> and, and, and that's what it was. Um, Anna Faris, you know, like Dan Fogler was a lot of fun. Dan Fogler's fun in everything. Chris Pratt. I'm not sure if this was when they first met Chris Pratt and Anna Faris, Faris but like, or they were already married at the time. I don't know. Who knows? We all know how it ends, though. But <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but it's. You know, one of them's rich and famous, and one of them is still on the TV show it's, Mom. It's, so <laughs> it's it's kind of still worth watching, though. Like it's not that good, but it's not that bad either. Like some of the fucking comedy stuff. Oh no, Lauren! Hits. Lauren just rewatched it a couple weeks ago, and I watched it with her, and it get it gets a couple chuckles. It's oh, it does. It's no, fun. It does. It's fun. Uh, so she it's, also, it's worth your time if you're just looking for something simple. Fun little watch. A lot of cool little 80s references between the style and the cars. And Speaking of Anna Ferris, like Lauren also like rewatched The House Bunny this week. Like I came up from work oh. one day. She was watching The House Bunny. And I was like, I forgot all about I that. was like, this movie is garbage. And then I watched it and I go, it's strangely endearing somewhat. It kind of is. It kind of is. And it's Colin Hanks. I love Colin Hanks. Anytime I see him, he puts a smile on my face. Well, it's it's legally blonde, essentially. It is. That's really what it is. It really was. Right? Yeah. A little raunchier. But yeah, legally blonde. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I finished up uh, the season of Euphoria. Definitely did not an- end with a bang for me, but I still respect the show and what it's trying to do. It's certainly ballsy. It's not for everybody. It's very hip and modern. But uh, if you're into some dark material about the current youth of uh, today. <laughs> I've been waiting for the entire series to come out just so I can check it out because I want to see like the type of actress Zendaya is outside of Spider-Man because I'm not familiar with her like Nickelodeon work, right? So right. Like, so I want to I want to see like the kind of actress oh, no, that she is. She's solid. She's very good. Yeah. And that was my problem with Spider-Man because I was seeing too much of her in Spider-Man. In that character. You know what I'm saying? Cuz like she you'll see. If you're you you're starting show. to not be able to differentiate between the actress and the acting. 
where she you just feel like she's playing herself like Ryan Reynolds does in everything he's ever been in? No, because I don't think that's her as an actress. I think she was just playing. It was almost too similar of a role, like that 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 new age modern like kind of like very dry, uh, very too smart for her own good kind of like. That's why. That's why she works as a voice for her generation. That's probably why she works as it. Maybe I haven't seen her enough stuff. I'm not really sure. None of us have. <laughs> <laughs> the Greatest Showman. She was in that. I saw little, little bits of that, but she she was fine. You know, it's funny. Lauren can hear us talking, uh, and she said she's pretty sure that Chris Pratt and Anna Faris met on Take Me Home tonight. <laughs> Thanks, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> she gets a producer credit for this episode. Yeah, she does. <laughs> uh, so, oh, and I uh, if, just because we were talking about it recently, I rewatched Chef, and of course, it's 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 amazing, beloved. Such, I love that movie. Such a lovely little tale. Uh, <laughs> so, what I got around to watching this week, man, I am gonna you know go on one of my diatribes just a little bit, just for a brief second. I watched a documentary, Jay. It was uh, written and directed by Bill Neal, and man, it. It stars Richard O'Barry. If you don't know who Richard O'Barry is, I've talked about him on the show before. He was a big part of the movie, of of the documentary Blackfish. Uh, He also was behind the documentary The Cove, where Japanese, you know, cordon off a bunch of uh, dolphins every year, slaughter them, sell their meat, capture them for shows and everything like that. So this movie is called Long Gone Wild. And what this is, is it is a documentary about the trade of orcas going on past blackfish so they very much acknowledge that they are a documentary that wouldn't exist without blackfish right like blackfish was this big phenomenon it caused you know an uproar in our society that forced people to take a stand against SeaWorld, which then forced them to take a a stand and change their business practices. What this is doing is it's looking deeper into SeaWorld and how they've been claiming to change their business practices and kind of shedding a light on how they're just kind of weathering the storm until they can bring their old business practices back. And even though in the United States it is now the 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 capture and most of the UN also you know agrees that the capture of marine mammals is illegal so most of the marine mammals that that are in these parks are are now considered uh i forget you know they're they are attrition based i believe is what they said which means once they all die out they're all done there there will be no more there's no active breeding program um but the, the it, it sheds some interesting light where like california did pass the law where no orca is allowed to enter or leave the state as a state law, they cannot enter or leave the state, and breeding is is taken out. So, so, so all the orcas that are in San Diego can never leave. They can never do anything with them, and they're no longer allowed to breed them. It's illegal. Uh, Florida tried to pass a similar law right after SeaWorld basically came out and made a stance saying, like, we will not breed our orcas any longer, and we will not get in the water with them anymore. They are animals that are going to be used for educational purposes and and that's it. And then Florida tried to put that into law saying, we're going to do exactly what this law is just doing exactly what you're saying you want to do SeaWorld. So all you have to do is agree to it. And of course, SeaWorld paid a bunch of lawyers and lobbyists to get that law thrown out of Florida government. Wow. Right. So because they still have plenty of other parks they can send their, their whales to. And the reason that they want it to, to go away is because in China, just about every week, a new marine park is opening. And they need whales, dolphins, 
seals, sea lion need these animals to perform. So when you go to China and you go to one of these one of these marine parks, it's like going to a marine park in the USA circa 1970s. Are you surprised the Sea World is still around? No, not surprised at all. Not surprised at all. Why? Because these are I am because these are magnificent animals that everyone wants to see, and not all of us can afford a vacation to the Puget Sound for two weeks while we troll up and down in a boat to all see right. them in the wild and stuff okay. like that. Okay, you know they they, they still capture the imagination of people. And let's face it, fifty percent of the United States you know populace doesn't know the name of the vice president. Do you think fifty percent of the people have 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 seen blackfish or 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 or, or, or following the right. conversation or, that's or, going on or around even these animals? Just give a shit. Right, or right. even just give a shit. Right. You know, I mean, we, we, we still hunt wolves in this country. We still, you know, they, we, we don't care uh, enough about, you know, Endangered Species Act or whatnot to, to do anything about it. You know, uh, you know, so, no, I'm not surprised. Uh, I, for one, will never take my child to SeaWorld. Um, mm-hmm. It actually killed me for a while that we were going to Sesame Place. And that was, for, for a long time, a SeaWorld's park. It was owned and operated by SeaWorld of America, which meant like every time I took Logan there, I was giving SeaWorld my money. I may not be watching their whales perform, but I was still giving them my You're money. You were funding them to support, to support what that. they're still doing. And I, I, I put a stop. I was like, we're not doing it. I like as much as I l- like like seeing my daughter's so not anymore? face light up. No, they're not. They actually sold. Oh, actually sold. So so now that they're with a new company, we could take Logan back to Sesame Place. Yay! Fun. It's great. Uh, I'm not giving. I'm giving some other soulless corporation my money. Not one that that was built off the backs of the slavery of of uh, wild animals, but but the slavery of something else. <laughs> Anyway, so the way that these Chinese marine parks that are opening are being funded is through Russian orca trade. Like now, you know, it's now illegal to hunt, to hunt, to, to capture orcas in Vancouver. It's now illegal to capture orcas in Washington in the Puget Sound. It is also been it made illegal in Nordic countries, in Iceland, in Norway. And, you know, it's it's illegal all across the Atlantic and North Pacific. Where it's not illegal, Jay, is Eastern Russia, where they have begun capturing orcas. They know they know of thirty six yeah. they know of thirty six orcas who have died being captured, and that's all that they know about. And new orcas are showing up in these Chinese parks every day. And these fishermen, I say that with with quotation marks, fishermen, these aren't fish, they are capturing them and they are selling them to China for six seven eight million dollars a pop each orca is getting depending on its age jesus Christ. its sexual virility it whether it's a male female all this stuff it, depending on that they're getting they're getting bang for it and what what the sad part is is while we're watching the demise of it going on in our country it's just now rising over in china because while china is this economic boom it is this this big massive world power that is technologically as advanced as we are sociologically yeah, they ethically, are they're they they are in our 1960s 70s but they're not unreasonable that's the point of the documentary they wanted to make this documentary so that they could shed light on it because you know all it takes it you know the 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 I think I believe he's he's the president in in China even though it's a republic and it's it's communism there is a president there he's not he's shown he's not unreasonable you know like he, he you know he 
he's he's seen politicians talk to him about things that were that were less than ethical in his country and he's made laws to change it so that's why they wanted to make it because they want to that's interesting yeah so so because they don't want to be looked at as this weird backwards you know eastern country right because that shines a bad light on all the other economic things that they have going on exactly they they want to appear progressive not just appear they want to be progressive so that's why this documentary exists i look is it as good as blackfish no the way if you are into these things like I am, I'm extremely into orcas. You know, I've it's I've always like my dream vacation is to literally just go ocean kayaking in uh, in New Zealand or in uh, the Puget Sound up in Washington, where these animals frequent just so I can see them in the wild. Like that's that that's like my dream vacation. Lauren can't even step foot in a kayak or a boat without throwing <laughs> up, so it's probably never going to happen for me unless I take that trip alone. Well, uh, she goes shopping that day. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> shopping in gloomy Seattle. <laughs> Enjoy yourself, hon. Uh, but yeah, you know, I so I do encourage people to check it out. It is available. You have to rent it right now, but it will be free at some point. But it's it's not as emotionally impactful as Blackfish was. However, it, it's it's nice to see someone trying to still pick up that torch and continue with this story because it's not over and they still need your funding. They still need your help. They still need your awareness. They just need you to be aware is mostly what it comes down to. That was very long and I'm extremely sorry that I dumped all that on, on the show. Um, but it's actually, it's like, well, I think we all know that you have a big passion. Yeah, look, and, look, and I, I understand that. And it's it's look, it's a documentary. This is more important. I'm than- a fat white loser in my <laughs> mid thirties who 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 loves all things nerdy. There are very few things I get passionate about in like a political realm, but like this is like one of those things because I grew up as a kid going to SeaWorld, loving seeing these animals, loving you know wanting to be a marine biologist right, one day, w- learning about these animals, and then to to grow up and kind of you know start to think for myself and start looking into other things like because when blackfish came out that just confirmed things that i had already started feeling right like and fearing know, when i was a kid i sure. remember like asking like at SeaWorld, like well they you know they talk by echolocation and they 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 learn about their surroundings by echolocation so if they're in a giant tank doesn't that mean that it's just constant echoes for them and they're like oh no 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 their brains are able to filter out all the noise and stuff like that in reality it it the, the the whales in SeaWorld are mostly silent because it would be maddening. Just imagine talking and it's nothing but an echo that reverberates for a minute endlessly every time you speak. Mm. You would go insane. And, and, and that was me as like a young teenager, like thinking that stuff. And then seeing Blackfish, I was like, I knew it, dude. They're fuck, they fucking lied to me my entire childhood. I was fucking lied to by these people that my parents gave hard-earned money so that I could go watch Shamu jump real high and splash me with water and I could, I could, I could cheer, you know? And like... I think about like that, like me in the stand as like Shamu jumps up and splashes everybody with water. And I think that's no different than when you watch, you know, Gladiator or Spartacus and like the, the crowd gets showered with blood and they cheer and happiness. And it's like, are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? It's wow. pretty much the same fucking thing when I think about it. Fuck. Like animals captured into slavery performing for your entertainment. God damn. I know. That's the way I feel about it. So, uh, yeah. All right. Diatrop over. It's deep. Soapbox put away. Yeah. Done talking about that, Jay. I watched some other fucking cool shit this week. So (laughs) I want to talk about something else that isn't that. that. 
for one second. I watched Glow on uh, Netflix. Being uh, I haven't caught it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm looking forward season to it. I heard, it's, I heard it's solid. Dude, way better than season two. Like I thought, oh, really? season oh, good, two good, got good, good. A, got away from like it did a bit, a bit. Yeah. I think it followed the heart of like of like the show of like the show of Glow, gorgeous ladies of wrestling. But I, I felt like it got away from like the heart of the ladies themselves mm. in a little bit, and it became more about the show that they were producing and trying to keep that alive. And well, the way they do their show, they that's the thing they need to have a focus point right and it's kind of, kind of through line throughout the little short this one is going season. far the season three is going okay. far more into characters and character development moving personal stories along more so than the story of the well, organization they can do that, that now they since they have the show established exactly. and you see how difficult it was to get that produced and get that made and going it, it's it, it's it's still really good but I'm just loving that they're flushing out these characters that I got to know in season one and I felt like season two just kept them at a status quo and now in season three they're advancing them uh, a, a lot more but How's Mark Marin doing fantastic actually good. I really like his character this season because he's going through he's going through a change um, and you can see you 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 know you can see it in him Look, I've loved the show since it started. I, I I grew up as a kid loving wrestling. I'm not big into it now, but I do like am nostalgic for wrestling of yesteryear. So like, I love watching this and getting like little references about wrestling. In yeah, the, I was never heyday. into it, but obviously I was fully aware of it, and I had, you know, I, you know, I guess if anybody it was Hulk Hogan was my favorite, and that was when I was very young. Right. However, but like it's still nostalgic for me, and I, it's it's still very interesting to to see the underbelly and the behind the scenes stuff of that world. The show's full of heart, and I, I I encourage people that if you haven't checked it out yet, like if you never gave Glow a shot, watch it. It's worth it. You know, if if you haven't started this season, fire it up because yeah, they're half hour shows, it, it's or episodes, it's, but it's a thirteen episode season, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and it's so worth it. And one final thing that I watched this week, I watched the autopsy of Jane. So this stars Brian Cox and Emil Hirsch. It was an IFC midnight movie, which I've talked about them before. I love the IFC midnight movie horror films. Like mm. not all of them are a big hit, but a lot of them are just really solid, low budget horror films. This one was directed by Andre Overdell. And if he sounds familiar, it's because I'm going to be reviewing a movie that he directed later on in the show. I'm going to be reviewing scary stories to tell in the dark. So this is one of his first first films this is like one of his first features okay. i love it i think brian cox is really really good in it you know like even though they're making this small movie him and emil hirsch do not phone in performances whatsoever well a good brian cox is pretty awesome you know quite like a little midnight gobble <laughs> cox and emil hirsch we haven't seen too much of him lately so right good we just saw him once upon a time in hollywood so yeah but very small role though very small uh so but i mean this is a truly effective creepy movie that sets up a a great atmosphere in the beginning sets up a good mystery for you to follow throughout and then gives you a a, a pretty a pretty decent payoff that's what i'm gonna say is the only downside to it is i feel the ending was you know whatever horror movie ending ends like open-endedly and stuff like that i i, I felt like it, it fell into the tropes of its own genre towards the end a little bit too much however the atmosphere the acting and you know the mystery that they set up is all worth your time like definitely check it out if you get a little ho-hum at the end you know it, it is what it is it's a really fun ride to take to that point though okay i enjoyed it a lot it's streaming on netflix so it's free for everyone to check out if you have a netflix Sounds subscription good. i encourage everyone to check it out 
I really enjoyed it. Other than that, uh, I made my daughter watch Endgame because Endgame came out on Blu-ray. Oh shit! But my daughter's five, so I know. I she's, was gonna say she is. That's not, a long run time for her. She is not gonna sit down for that whole movie. So uh, I started from the moment where the big three—Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor—are standing after Avengers compound has been destroyed, and those three fight Thanos at the same time. My daughter couldn't understand why I was so elated that Captain America picked up the hammer, and she's like, you know, and I was just like, you don't understand. <laughs> I waited twelve. I waited ten years for this, darling. <laughs> I waited. I wait ever since Age of Ultron when that thing like like moved just a little bit. That little. I've been waiting for this moment. Avengers, and, and so was Thor. Assemble because Thor's reaction is, "I knew it." So like Thor was waiting for that moment too. Yeah. Uh, what my daughter was waiting for, which is twenty minutes into that final fight scene, she kept going. When is Captain Marvel showing up? Because Captain Marvel Jay is blonde. And Logan is blonde. So, therefore, that's the superhero that she identifies with. <laughs> Not Pepper. What about all those crazy hairstyles? What are you know? Look so, out. If Logan wants a mohawk and, 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 a, and a sweet mask, I'll slap him on her. I don't care. <laughs> hey, that's a, good, that's a good Halloween costume. Although, I think she wants to be Spider Gwen for Halloween, which I also highly endorse. So, yeah. All right, Jay. That's going to do it for what we've been watching this week. Uh, we encourage everyone to check out this stuff that we were talking about, except for the Americans, which Jay continues to harp on and talk about. Jay, no one's going to. I think Dave does more than I do. I anymore. absolutely <laughs> never want to talk about it. I, actually, I never want to see that show. I watched like the first like two seasons. I fell off of it. And then everyone's two like. Two seasons? Wow. And then everyone's like, you. that show's really good. And I was like, God, it shows real boring, man. Just like most spy shit, I find it super fucking boring. Like I didn't even want to watch that uh, that movie with Chris Evans that just came on Netflix because I heard it was just absolutely generically boring. And I don't like spy thrillers at all. I don't know what it is about them. I just find them extremely boring. I wanted to see so it dry. in the trailer. It just really did nothing for me. I so. hear it's extremely mediocre. But we're not talking about that, Jay. We're going to head over and let's get into a trailer park before we get into our beers. Cut the beat and let the music play. No trailer park. Shout out to Dave and Jay. I don't serve, but there's a new wave. We've been on since Trish God saved the right stop. I don't want to flow until I know it at the bass drop. Welcome back to Trailer Park. The dulcet tones that you heard before the Trailer Park segment come from our good friend Thomas Iannucci. Make sure that you check him out on Spotify. Absolutely. I will put a link in the description for you guys to check out his music. Uh, he's a great friend of ours. Uh, he's been a big fan of the show for a long time supporting him. We've been supporting him since we've known him. And uh, I got to say, I actually really enjoy his music and I think everybody should check it out. All right, Jay. Uh, the Trailer Park, we're going to be talking about Eddie Murphy's return to Hollywood, it seems, right? Like that. That's what everyone's saying. This is his return. He hasn't really been a thing since Dreamgirls. Ever sure. since he literally walked out of the Academy and walked away from Hollywood when he didn't win, which I think was a little bit of a hissy fit. You know, get over uh, yourself a little bit. No, he deserved that over Alan Arkin. <laughs> you say that. I love Alan Arkin, and I'm okay with I know, it. I love him in it, but Eddie Murphy was better in that role. But what it comes down to is he, he he essentially walked away. We both see this movie in different ways. You see it a return to form for Eddie Murphy, a return to the spotlight. I see it as money, please. <laughs> like, I need money. I don't away know. From- money, please. Oh, no, no. There's no money. I've been away from the spotlight for too long. This looks like All quality. Right. All right. This does look quality, but at least agree with me that coming to America, too, is money, please. Money, please. Money, please. 
Good morning, Am I mini Yeah, that's uh, that's the way I feel about it. Uh, and he one for me, one for that. Right. Or, so uh, along with that, Wesley Snipes is in this Dolomite movie, which is another return for 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 another actor. That's cool to see. And he's also making an appearance in Coming to America too, as well. So <laughs> why not? Why not? You know, maybe these are the Martin Lawrence and uh, Will Smith. Will Smith of, of the two. I'm cool with that. My Lara. <laughs> Where clearly, you know, Eddie Murphy plays the more annoying one, and Wesley Snipes is the cooler, hipper, you know, better with the ladies one <laughs> for sure. All right, Jay, let's uh, let's get into the trailer for Dolomite. Let's play that. Hey, you know, Auntie, I was thinking about putting out a comedy record. Comedy. You've been a singer, a shake dancer. It's real hard to break in. I do whatever it takes to get in. I come up with a new character. Dolomite is my name, and fucking up motherfuckers is my game. What'd you do to your hair? You look like a pimp. It's all pretend. I just created a character. Dolomite, (laughs) you a trip. Pull on that. All my life, people been telling me no. Brody, sometimes our dreams just don't come true. I get up in that light with my own movie, I could be everywhere all at once. Let's bring Dolomite to the screen. In storytelling, it's always best to write what you know. Ain't nothing to talk about in my personal life. I deal with the nightlife, club owners and mobsters and lots of pimps and kung fu. Do you know karate? No, but I'm a fast learner. I can learn how to chop me a motherfucker. Action. Like he could be a sex machine. What planet is this cat on? God damn, Dolomite. Great God in heaven, you know. God damn, Dolomite. All right, man. I was going to be honest, man. This movie was like, I, I knew it was coming out. I heard a couple people talking about it. I was not interested in it. Uh, until you made me watch the trailer today and i was suddenly I warmed you up to it yeah i did warm up to it i warmed up to it a little bit uh so it was it, i'm definitely interested in it because i'm interested in like these hollywood underdog type stories and, and you know it's something that that kind of like captured me. you know it's a little bit like you know even though i guess it's not like but it's something like once upon a time in hollywood right like it's like a sort hollywood of. underdog type story a little bit of behind the scenes a little bit of like trying to make it trying to create something new for yourself as an actor or as an artist itself as well um, in that world in the production world in the film world and you know this is pretty much set in in the new era of like the black community and trying to have these kind of movies come to the silver screen yeah. and, and have, a, have a voice for themselves and, and have fun with it and Dolomite is an anhydrous carbonate mineral composed of calcium magnesium and carbonate <laughs> But goddamn, does it sound cool? I'm forty percent Dolomite. It does sound cool. Uh, he actually spells it differently as well. But like you know, when I was like researching this, I was like, you know, I, I got to check it out. But no, it, it is actually depicting the story of Rudy Ray Moore. Dolomite was a film that was made in 1975. It's a black exploitation crime film. Rudy Ray Moore wrote it. He did the soundtrack for it. Um, you know, he's 
and, and they even talk about in the trailer. He was a stand-up comedian. He, he, you know, he was a nightclub promoter. He was a, a, a singer, songwriter. Like he's, he's done a lot of, of stuff in his career. And he's always trying to innovate himself. When, when he failed at one thing, he did something else. And it was all on this track to, to be famous, right? Like yeah. to be famous and, and to represent himself in a way that he saw himself. And, you know, he was always, talk about he always played a character, right? Like oh, he yeah. saw someone on the street and, and, and he wanted to play that character. And, uh, he actually got the idea for Dolomite when there was a homeless man on the street, like talking about, you know, the, like, like a black superhero that would represent, you know, the, the, the hood pretty much. And, and the way he described them was like, you know this smooth talking you know back slapping like type guy and he was like you know what why don't i make a character like that and rudy ray moore was just like yeah you know what dolomite that is that character he's you know he's 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 everything that you would want to be yeah and he represents and he represents Heightened reality right. fun vision so, you know a little bit of guilty pleasures here and there that trickled in with the character it seems like a ton of fun, but what what really has me intrigued is it's being directed by the director of Hustle and Flow. Yes. Craig Brewer, who has been, you know, tied in with the with the TV show Empire recently, which, you know, I'm not a big uh, I'm not a huge fan of that, but uh he also did Black Snake Moan, which was released to some eh, mediocre critical and audience reviews Uh, uh, but you know i think the worst thing he did was the mtv produced remake of footloose in 2011 we don't talk about we don't talk about that no (laughs) there's only one footloose and it's got bacon in it god damn it uh but no i i definitely i i'm intrigued by this this is not like a, a day one release go see for me though this is more of like a let's wait and see whether i drop my 20 bucks to, to get i that will seat. try to catch it that weekend it's not day one perhaps but it's definitely on my radar. It's actually a Netflix release, I believe. Oh, really? I was not aware of that. I believe. I believe. I'm not 100% sure. Usually, for that, sure like the trailer would say, like, you know, Netflix original on it, and it didn't. I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. Well, then my barrier for entry is extremely low, and I will watch it day one. <laughs> because I don't have to pay anything that I'm not already paying, which is which is nice, you know? Yes, and I, I think it's I think it's tied in with the potential um, big comedy special that Netflix is trying to shop Eddie Murphy to do for like seventy million dollars or something crazy like that. Um, so they're they're obviously trying to bring him into so delirious into the fold, delirious raw. Thirty five years later, whatever he's going to do for Netflix, we'll see. Man. How can you say no to seventy million dollars? You can't. I would as a comedian. I would as a comedian. You know? I would stand on a stage and let people throw used. Comedy at me for 20 minutes for 70 million dollars <laughs> oh i'll let them do a lot more than that oh wow jay my god please describe i'll put that on record <laughs> there you go netflix <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I, yeah i i put the bar up and jay raised it yeah you're so. gonna have to create a netflix x uh streaming service for that one i think but uh yeah yeah absolutely just drawing it out there uh, so uh we will follow dolomite uh, i don't think it comes out until the fall so uh you know when when that releases we'll probably definitely have a review for it all right jay let's head over let's get into our beers
to the beer segment. Me and Jay got two beers that we are going to be reviewing for you. But before we do that, I'm going to drop a line to our sponsor, Blowfish. Blowfish is the only FDA-approved hangover cure. What it is, two tablets that you drop into 8 to 12 ounces of water, drink it down, and your hangover starts to feel better immediately. So if you spent your weekend with a bunch of drunk, idiotic, over 30-year-olds playing beer games and trying to take the top spot and go home with the gold, then you're going to want to go ahead and reach yourself some blowfish. So head over to fourhangovers.com. Use that promo code SMBFISH to get your 15% off and cure the scourge of hangovers for good. Super Mood Bros is also brought to you by the Podcoin app. You can download the Podcoin app on iOS or Android app stores. What it is, is it's a podcasting app that you can go on to, listen to your favorite podcast, and earn extra points while you listen. For every minute of podcast that you listen to, you will earn points. Those points can be converted into gifts for yourself, like gift cards to some of your favorite places, or it could be donated to charity. And you could be a philanthropic hero, just like Tony Stark. I'm just not the the hero type, clearly. (laughs) So head over to the iOS or Android app store and download Podcoin and start earning a little bit extra for all your hardcore podcast listening. All right, Jay, we got two beers here, man. What is the beer that you are going to be reviewing for us? What's left of it in the can and not on the floor? Yes, accidental spill. Doesn't happen very often in the studio, but shit happens. Uh, Kate May Brewing Company's, their Northeast Pale Ale, it's... Always ready for you. It's called the Always Ready. It's on the way to uh, Cape May. Yeah, it's 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 like a different kind of um, session IPA. You could say for the most part, sort of ish. Four point eight alcohol by volume. Lots of really nice aroma. I really love the juices and the flavor and the and the bite. It's just got this mild little bite to it, but Mm -hmm. it's got a great mashup of different kind of fruit flavors you mm-hmm. know like you get a little bit of that like i don't know i think a little bit of mango in there for a change which you don't get too often like a different kind of citrus notes a little pineapple and it's just overall a really good beer especially for the abvs i think it's just very flavorful drinkable i like it Cape nothing May, another home run nothing makes me happier than watching you describe a beer as you make like the hand cupping motion with your hand yes. and you're talking about juices in your mouth as you're making this hand <laughs> cupping motion you're just like and i just love the juices and you're and you're like squeezing your yeah. hand ever so yeah. slightly like you're no. cradling the balls it is uh now i'm just cradling some tits that's all I like. no! No! I, I, I would have used both hands then i guess right we need to talk about your fetishes if you're cupping boobs like that and talking about the juices that fill your mouth <laughs> oh my god David. i think there's an oedipus complex inside there that that just is dying to be unraveled <laughs> for everybody <laughs> So Stay listen tuned uh, <laughs> yeah. for our Patreon episode. We're Patreon episode. We'll do. I'll, I'll, I'll do some. Uh, I'll, I'll do a little hypnosis, you know, and and we'll get yeah. you to, to, to divulge all your dirty little secrets. All right, Jay, uh, your Cape May beer. What are you going to give it? The always ready pale ale. I, I'm actually giving this a four point two five. All right, man. I, I really do enjoy this. I think it's a it's a good one for me. Cape May is definitely hit or miss for me. I know you love them a little bit more than I do. Ninety percent like all their beers. Just yeah. About been one or two i respect them to no end still haven't been to the brewery still pisses me off um i hear it's great though and but this one's a great for me this is great i love it and i am drinking the double nickel session ipa and this uh double nickel is out of 
Pennsauken, New Jersey. Man, we got two Jersey beers here today. Joyzies. Yeah, and uh, this is 4.7% alcohol by volume. Come on, just go just go the full fucking nine yards and make it 5% alcohol by volume. God damn it. Put a little balls in it. Uh, and it's 50 IBUs. So for a session IPA, this thing is surprisingly bold. It is extremely bitter. Usually session IPAs, very floral, very happy up front. This is, uh, this is a little bit more, more bolder, a little bit more robust, a little bit more of a bite at the end, a little bit more bitter. Uh, but I don't hate it, man. I actually, I actually quite enjoy it. Um, and it's going down pretty easy, even though it has like that strong bitter aftertaste. It marries it really well with the with the with the citrus juices up front that it has uh and you can really you know those citra hops are what really bring you through it so uh i'm gonna be giving it a four i actually i actually quite enjoy it man so it's Very gonna be getting good. a four out of five all right jay let's head over i got two movies that i'm gonna be reviewing for for two films that came out this week i'm gonna be reviewing scary stories to tell in the dark and a little gem that just absolutely warmed my heart and well, shed two tears from super movie <laughs> brother jay when he caught the last 40 minutes of it <laughs> blinded by the light Before we get out of here, I got two reviews that I'm going to be doing for you guys. Uh, so this week, I got to the theaters and I got to see two movies. Uh, on Friday night, I was able to get out there and see scary stories to tell in the dark. And then tonight, just before recording, I was actually able to go out and see Blinded by the Light. But first up, I want to talk about scary stories to tell in the dark. It's a, it's a book of scary stories. Sarah Tommy's missing. Tommy's name was in the book. What if what happens in the books exactly what's happened for real? Sarah Bellows is a myth. I'm afraid I'm gonna die, Dad. You shouldn't have taken the book. I'm afraid that you woke something up. We've gotta stop it. So Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark is the story of a bunch of teenagers who find a book that writes them into the horror stories and they must survive these horror tales so that they can save their friends and end the horror that is plaguing their small pencil you, you gotta, town you gotta do it you gotta you survive gotta, you gotta survive you gotta survive just survive somehow uh this film is directed by andre overdahl which you know we just talked about not too long ago when we were talking about the autopsy of jane doe which yes. i highly agree uh if i'm gonna compare those two films i like that one more jay well, I'll be checking it out soon. Believe I like, me. I like that one more. Uh, but this is based on the series of short stories that were released in the 1980s by Alvin Schwartz uh, and illustrated by Stephen Gamel. And uh, I remember owning these books i remember me and my brothers uh you know going through these books and reading them scary stories to tell in the dark scary stories to tell in the dark two three like you know we we had them and now you can buy them all in a compilation stuff like that they've all been republished alvin schwartz is making a mint uh, <laughs> and i like it, it was to the point that like when i saw this trailer i immediately the thing that, that like flashed in my head was did you ever think as a hearse goes by that you may be the next to die they wrap you up in a big white sheet from your head down to your feet the worms crawl in the worms crawl out in your stomach and out your snout and it's like Ew. so like and, and i was like that was like this like little poem that they had in there and then in the movie jay i don't want to spoil it 
but it is like a nursery rhyme that is kind of like sung throughout the movie. And I was like, oh my God. Huh. So it's like, I'm very familiar with these, with these stories and stuff. And they scared the ever loving shit out of me as a kid. But what I learned while watching this movie is what scared you as a kid doesn't necessarily scare you as an adult, especially mm. when you're an adult who watches a ton of horror films. Sure. Like I do. So it's up to the filmmaker to really bring in something original, fresh and something exactly. unique. And after, up. you know, seeing this after I saw the autopsy of Jane Doe, I was expecting something. I might have hyped myself up. I might have been expecting a little bit more. Now, the visuals in it, fantastic. Actually, they used a lot of practical effects, which is something that I absolutely love to see. There was actually this is produced by Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. Okay, okay. So, so that's where you get the practical. That's where you get from, the practical sure. effects from. And I, I think from Overdahl himself. But also watching this, like there was a moment where they used CGI, and it just didn't stack up. <laughs> And it's just because when you watch something, that's the tricky thing. It, it man. sticks with it, sticks out. When you watch something that's gone as practical as practical, and then it's they almost like you have to either like have a through line of hybrid, right? Or just go all or nothing. 70 30. Right? 70 30 is always like the, the best formula 70% practical, 30%. That's how Jurassic Park did it. That's how that's how but, Dad did but it. Blended and it's worked out everything. pretty good so far. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, but. Other than other than just the visuals of it, the acting wasn't bad. The acting was pretty good. I actually really enjoyed Dean Norris in it, even though he had a really small role in it. If you don't know, if you don't know Dean Norris, love is, him. Yeah, you know he he was Hank in in Breaking Bad. Love him. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> he he got to say the only f word in Breaking Bad history, and he got to do it well. Um, but you know, actually, I thought he was pretty good in this, even though he had a completely diminished small role. I thought they could have flushed out the father character a little bit more to give someone like me who grew up reading these novels but is now an adult something to connect to a little bit because i don't connect with the kids unfortunately you know this isn't like it where like it's it's like a nostalgic connection to like being with your friends you don't get that relationship with the kids right you don't get to feel this connection with them because you're not you're not watching you know it's kind of a very fast-paced story and it's actually not that long of a movie either so there's not a lot of time to develop the characters and that's something that like really stuck out to me as well like the characters not that they're underdeveloped they're 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 fine they, you know they're perfectly developed for this story it, it's just you know i wish they went a little bit deeper and i kind of wish the horror was a little bit scarier um you know i think that, that that's kind of like what it suffers from from being a pg-13 very watered down yeah it, you know it, it sits in this place where it's somewhere between you know goosebumps you know the, the the movie with Jack Black and Hereditary or It or or any or, or Us or any of the fantastic right. horror that we've been getting of late. You know it sits somewhere in this middle ground where it's like it's good, but you know it could have been a lot. Better. You can definitely let a a ten to thirteen year old watch this film. Like you'd be fine with that. There's nothing that's that's too terribly scary in it. Some of the monsters that show up are a little bit grotesque. And and I think the mood that gets set is is done really well. I was not crazy about the ending of this film. I did not think the ending was that strong i felt like it was a pretty generic almost like ya type ending i felt this was a very like young adult type ending where they set you up where it's like there's gonna be more and jay there's a hundred percent gonna be more because this movie's actually doing really well uh it's it's critically acclaimed you know it, it's getting pretty good scores and people seem to be really enjoying it especially people that are my age who have this nostalgia for it but right. also that younger crowd is going to see it as well because it's accessible to them 
with its PG-13 rating. I just, however, was left wanting a little bit more from what I got while enjoying what I was able to get. I'm giving it a B minus. It's it was all right. It was all right. You had a good time with it. You were yearning for more. It wasn't you worth didn't get it. It wasn't. It, 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 it wasn't worth my money though. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. Like whereas if I saw the autopsy of Jane Doe in theaters, I would have been like, all right. Yeah, not bad. Pleasant surprise, Yeah, right? Right, because that was 1 o'clock in the morning, and I was flipping through TV. Interesting thing that happened while I was watching um, while I was watching Autopsy of Jane Doe. I had to wake Lauren up, because uh, I didn't get into this and what we were doing this week. But uh, someone didn't break into our house, but someone very clearly walked up my driveway and went under our carport. Whoa. Yeah. Like in the middle of the night, trying to steal something. I don't or know. see what if something was laying around in there. So I went and grabbed Lauren. I was like, "There's, there's, there's someone under our carport." <laughs> like, you know, she's like, "What?" And then like it got to the point where I was like, "Do I call the police?" And then like she's like, "And tell them what?" Wait, so what? How, what was so noticeable? Uh, like so you you heard somebody? No, no, no. I'm sitting on the couch. We we don't have our windows open. But we have the blinds closed sure. and stuff like that. I see a car pull up the street. It slows down, and I hear like this the, trash picking night. No, 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 that that? no, no. Okay. So so I hear like a muffled like you know like that car door sound like where it shuts like someone trying to shut it quietly right. Ooh. And then the car like kind of slowly drives on, and then like my car is white. Right. So when something crosses across it, what was the score in the background? You see it. Uh, I actually paused the movie because the car was driving up the street very slowly. I we have a very big bay window and our couch is right there. So when you're sitting up watching TV, you can see out the. I'm not a creepy nosy guy who was looking out the window, but I I just paused it because the car was just. You knew something was off, right? Yeah. So and then I saw like my car's white. I see the shadow go like right across my right across my car, and it just moves underneath the carport, and I start hearing sounds under our carport. So I was like. All right, there's someone under our carport, right? So before I woke Lauren up, I was like, just start popping lights on, right? Just just pop lights on. They're gonna know someone's awake. They're gonna get the fuck out of there. And I went and woke Lauren up, and she was like, you know, I was like, what do I do? Like, do I call the police and stuff? And I was like, and and then like I thought about it for half a second, and it's I've never had a good interaction with police, right? Like I've never really had a good interaction with police. I wouldn't trust you around police. And and and. How does that story go? Well, what were you know? You know, well, what happened? All right, uh, a car slowed down and I saw someone walk up. Did you see somebody? And it's like, yeah, I mean, I definitely know somebody went up there. And it's like, all right, but what did it look like? I don't know. It was very dark, right? You know what I mean? Was it male or female? It I couldn't tell pointless. you that. It was very, yeah. Right. It, it would have been pointless and, and maybe it would have put them on alert to like drive around our neighborhood. But by that point, by the time I flicked the lights on, that dude was gone, right? He already, he already hopped the fence or he went somewhere else and caught back up with his car and he was gone. And, you know, w- when you get questioned by the police, or, you know, blah blah blah. You know, wh- you know, what were you doing? Blah blah. Watching watching a movie. You know, why are you up so late? Uh, because I was at a all day drinking party called Beer Olympics, and it's like, oh, so you're a little bit under under the weather, huh? It's like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, I know you yeah, can yeah. see the line of questioning you. going sure, against sure. you at some point, where you just wind up being on the radar of the cops for being a crazy fucking nosy guy who's looking out the window at one o'clock in the morning. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so I had to get up my the nerve, right? I had to get up my nerve uh, to get the flashlight and like go outside. And I was like, I'm going to bring Luca with me. And Lauren's like, that's not going to do anything because that's the dog that when a shelf fell down in the closet and made a bunch of noise at six o'clock in the morning, jumped up in the bed and hid under the covers between her legs. So, but I was like, yeah, but he's big. Maybe like he might make someone think twice. And I took a hammer and a flashlight with me to walk around my house. Don't be ashamed. <laughs> I'd do it too, probably. And, and like I went into like my shed because I was like, well, 
oh, if I'm going to steal something, I'll steal, you know, something. He probably looked at my lawnmower and went like, ugh, electric lawnmower, get out of here. <laughs> Just left. Uh, but there was nothing. Uh, what I did notice, what probably drew his attention is our old TV that went out like two or three months ago. Oh. It's still under our carport because we have to wait for one of those electronics days where you go throw everything out. Uh, and that was still there and it was moved and there was broken glass on the ground because he moved it and I, Lauren made me break it because all of our like credit card information is stored on it from our Hulu and stuff like that. So you could technically go onto the apps on there and steal our credit card information. So I, I literally busted the shit out of the thing, but it looks fine when it's sitting up against the wall. So I, I think he moved it and all the glass started falling from it. And he was just like, well, nothing here for me and just buggered off on top of the lights. And he was yeah. like, uh, maybe I should reconsider this line of yeah. work. <laughs> so, but like, <laughs> So it's it's very it's very <laughs> it's very scary to be sitting there watching a horror movie and then seeing this shadow go by and you're just like what the fuck <laughs> where's my hammer where's my flashlight I'm gonna fucking die uh, <laughs> but that that was a story that happened to me this weekend yeah but I think so, you know so I, when I go see scary stories to tell sure. in the dark when that doesn't scare me that much it's because I'm living that shit dog <laughs> damn right you are. Uh, anyway. I don't wish that on anybody, though. Honestly, I, I can't imagine. Time to get a home security system. We live in a very nice neighborhood, but it's um, cheap nowadays. Yeah. Cameras and stuff. Yeah, you know, even even just like one of those motion sensor cameras that goes on the outside. Those are like thirty bucks to, and very easy to install. RJ, I got another film that I that I want to review. Uh, this one, I, I would say, I had a much more positive experience with it. This one is Blinded by the Light. Ah, I can shed some light myself on this movie. Because because I actually caught the last 40 minutes of this. Not going to say how, but I may or may not have snuck into watching the last 40 minutes of this. 1987. you got Wham Boys, Banana Rama Girls, and then there's me. Jaffe's never had a girlfriend before. It's against your religion. Writing isn't a job. I need you to do more. Thank me later. Oh, I didn't know music could be like that. It's like Bruce knows everything I've ever wanted. Springsteen's what your dad listens to. Not my dad. So Blinded by the Light is the story of Javid, who is a kid stuck in what is described when me and Lauren looked up the name of the town, which is Luton, uh, in, in England. We looked it up and it was described as England's asshole. Like that's literally how like one website described it. It's pretty much the Florida <laughs> of England is what I found out. Um, and it, Javid wants nothing more than to get out of his life in that town and just live his life. Not the life his parents have set out for him. Not the life that society is yeah. telling him he needs to live. Uh, and what. He's mostly a writer, correct? What brings about this emotional awakening in Javid is that his friend introduces him to the music of the boss, none other than Asbury Park, New Jersey's own Bruce, Bruce. Springsteen. So uh, this film, man, I absolutely I absolutely loved it. It was directed by Gurinder Charda, and she's actually directed uh, Bend It Like Beckham, which is a film that I really enjoyed back in 2002. Uh, really not much other of note since then, but 
I tell you, she's going to be remembered for this one. Like, I think this is going to be one of those coming of age stories. Kind this of- is her bank. Yeah, this is her benchmark film. I think as as of late for sure. But I yeah. mean, if you had, you know, we were. I mean, we our generation remembers Ben like Beckham. Yeah, not modern day kids. It doesn't no. hold up. Um, I think this one is going to hold up uh, trickling. It's going to trickle into people's yeah. hearts down and, the line. And I got to say, you know, Viviek uh, Kalara, who is the main actor in it, he plays Javik, is absolutely charming, but also wonderful in the role. Like he, he is, br- he brings a power to this, to this character that, you know, I wasn't really expecting. I was kind of expecting more of like a Haley Steinfeld type performance and like Edge of Seventeen and stuff like that. I think this goes deeper. I think this 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 goes very deep. And also the fact that it, it, it's a story about growing up as a Pakistani kid in a time where England wasn't as accepting of of them, you know, of 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 other races and stuff. You know, the NF is a big deal in this movie right. where where racism plays a large part of it and also his own struggles with being both British and Pakistani at the same time. Along with the coming age aspects with right. his father in particular and not just his family. They also very purposely like draw parallels between 1987 and you know the Iron Lady Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan and what's going on in both the UK and the United States today. Like they draw very clear parallels that that like it's almost like both countries are kind of backsliding into where we are in the 80s. It also takes place during the recession of the 1980s which you know both countries were suffering and you know there there is this level of poverty and and you know need to do something big to get yourself out of the situation and that that type of stuff you know it really speaks to me but the way they integrate the music you know the first time they do it it's a little off-putting, right? He puts on the headphones. He kind of like walks around. It plays like a music video. The lyrics to the songs are playing real big on a wall. Like it's a projection and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, how cheesy. But as the film goes on, they become better at like integrating it into the story. And I think what that is, is like the first time he experiences it. Yeah. He's experiencing it in like that way that it's like overwhelming. So it's on euphoria about it. So so, really, so to you as the audience, it's overwhelming to see. Sure, sure. But I think what's more interesting is it's not it has nothing to do with bruce it has it's not even it has everything to do about the power of music and lyrics Mm -hmm. in particular striking a very strong chord with a lot of individuals out in the world and in in different kind of contexts and different kind of ways and meanings um and how that impacts their lives for better or worse and this particular artist himself really spoke to him and that's why he gravitated so much to bruce exactly you know it's one of those things where like while watching it a lot of the things in the film are about paying attention to bruce springsteen's lyrics and it's something that's like i like bruce springsteen i'm not a huge springsteen fan or anything same but while watching this as they're like talking about the lyrics and i was like holy shit i never listened to bruce springsteen lyrics right like i was always you know shouting baby i was born to run but i yeah. never i never listened to the lyrics like leading up to that chorus and i was like fuck man these are some deep lyrics coming from the boss man i that was always my struggle with his music like i he he's almost like bob dylan-esque where like it's really folky kind of sort of a little bit and and yeah. and and 
without the chorus, you know, it, they just sometimes fall flat with me because I'm not a lyricist. Right. That's my problem with music. But watching this, like seeing that, I was like, holy shit! I well, could see how I, a, how an 18 year old kid, right? I appreciate that would would gravitate towards this music, especially feeling the way Javik does in his current situation. Absolutely. Um, and uh, you know, I gotta say, like it, it just it's a really refreshing movie to watch. Like that's that's all I gotta say. Like it's a really refreshing movie. I wonderful, shed two teardrops. Yeah, wonderful two. coming of age story. Uh, you know the 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 family dynamic is so well drawn out and a lot like crazy rich Asians was where it's like this film that comes from comes from a perspective of a different culture but it's something that we can absolutely relate to it doesn't matter what what culture you come from what religion you subscribe to uh, you know or what country you come from either you know it 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 matters that that like this message gets through to everybody, even though it may come from from a different place. Yeah, it's something we all relate to. Yeah. We all relate to growing up. We all relate to wanting to get out and stuff like yeah. that. But yeah. it's 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 that aspect of a different culture that you're watching that kind of gravitates you in a little bit. And if you are of that culture, if you are, you know, of a Pakistani culture or of an Indian culture or, you know, of of you know of an asian culture it's something that you can watch and be like yeah i can relate right like we may not be able to relate to his family life but there are things in his family life that we can relate to yes and there's things about this story that we can all relate to um and i just think it, it has a very has a very special voice and it's something that i really enjoyed watching there there was only a few moments in the film where you know i was like ah, you know like and it, i think the editing had some work yeah, um, I, that needed to be done. Some of the musical integrations were very much like a music video and I think that was very purposeful because it's it's a kid kind of living in his own head in those moments but at the same time it kind of drew me out of like the emotion of everything else that was going on a little bit uh, and then Haley Atwell was in it which she's lovely you know of course we love her as Peggy Carter um, but in this she's just kind of like this she's like this teacher who's like guiding him and stuff like that she's fine but like I was just like, uh, I kind of wanted seeing her. I I, wanted more from it. I I, I think really she just wanted to be attached to the story and add a little bit more of a spotlight because of her name. Right. I I don't want to knock it for her, which is great. I think by seeing her, I was like, oh, I kind of expected a little bit more from from her being there. But she she was really just kind of like someone to usher the story along and give and give Javich something something different to to move to in the next you know in the next act. Um, And then finally, there is an old man that's in it. He has like an old man that's a neighbor throughout the entire time. I was calling him the old man from Home Alone mm. or the old woman from Home Alone 2 or Aunt May in any of the Spider-Man films. He's this old man that happens to tell Javid exactly what he needs to hear when he needs to hear it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's like, convenient. Right. Like, like that. Where the fuck was my guy? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. I never. Where was my old man that told me exactly what I needed to hear when I needed to hear it? You know, that, that I would take an old lady. Even. Right. Jeez. That perfect, you know. <laughs> end of second act speech that you get from an old person that sets you on the path that you should have been on the entire time you know it, he shows up to do that every now and then in the film and and for me and i was just like well okay <laughs> i mean we didn't need him to progress the story but i guess our character is too dumb to look at you know extrovertedly at everything that's going on around him and to make the right decision that's true so we'll have because he's a kid He's, some, he, he's an 18 year old kid. He's absorbed in himself. It takes someone with a little bit of years and a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of someone who fought the Nazis to tell you how yeah. you should be feeling about situations. But ultimately, I absolutely loved this movie. I really enjoyed just about every second of it. And I, I'm going to watch it again. It's definitely something that I'm going to pick up and I'm going to check out again. I'm going to be giving it. I'm going to be giving it an A. I'm going to be giving it an A. 
I really enjoyed it. Awesome. I don't. I, I. I. I'm sitting here wrestling to be like, what did I like about it? And I was like, nothing. Uh, there was really nothing. There, there was. There was one like. There was one montage. That Minor, I was like, yeah, yeah. The, fil- some filmmaking errors, you know, that you can complain about here and there a little bit. But the bit. story but lifts overall, you up so the story, much. It just lifts you up. And so a much. lot of the scenes and a lot of the acting within the scenes really landed. You know, landed strong. Absolutely. Too. So that's good. So that's going to do it for Super Movie Brothers tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to the episode. If you are enjoying the episode, you'd like to get more of Super Movie Brothers, you can hang, you can head over to our Patreon. That is patreon.com slash Podcast. As little as $1 a month, you can get all those additional episodes that we put up there. And you can also have a little bit of a say in the show. You can put in some votes that we put up for movie cocktails and stuff like that. If you pledge more, you get to have more direct control over the main show. Topics itself. that uh, you want me to talk about, whatever. Yeah, you, you, can choo- you can choose top fives. You can choose, uh, sure. you can choose, have fun with it. Yeah. yeah. You could choose some movie cocktail categories when we start doing the movie cocktail categories for season three. Really, anything you suggest to me, I'll try to integrate into the Patreon. So head over to patreon.com slash Podcast and get a little bit more of us if you're enjoying us. Also, if you're enjoying the show, help us out a little bit. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, just give us that that review. You know, click the review. Yeah, give us, give, little, us, give us a little bump, man. Give us a little That's five stars. Just, just see a little bread. That's all. A little. Write out your Grease review. Grease our wheels a little I know. bit. A little bit. Just a little bit. We need it to grow. We're growing boys, Jay. We're <laughs> Growing boys, we need to grow. Uh, We did just recently get a review this week. And this review is a five-star review, and it says, Awesome show. If you like movies and beers, these guys have put together a very entertaining show. Well worth a listen. So thank you very much for leaving that review. You didn't leave a name, but you know, I, I thank you for, for doing that because that uh, it means the world to us, it really honestly. Does. It, really appreciate it. It, it, it. it lifts us up on eagle's wings. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, we are part of a network. We are part of the Podfix Network. So head over to podfixnetwork.com. You can check out all the great shows that are part of the Podfix Network. You can also check out all of our recipes for season one of Movie Cocktail. Just click the drop down tab, go to Movie Cocktail. You'll see all of our recipes up there. Jay runs the Instagram for the beer reviews, Super Movie Bros Beer. I and run, on Facebook. Yep. I run Super the Movie, movie Bros Podcast. I run the Movie Cocktail Instagram, which I barely post anything on because we only do Movie Cocktail once a month. So once a month, I get to post something on there. So, <laughs> and I already do that anyway, know, Dave. So, know. You know. I, Let's redundant. just be honest. You just want to go on there and creep. I, just, I spy. <laughs> Yeah, that's, what I do. that's what I do. Jay runs the Facebook where he does the creeping on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. That is Super Movie Bros Podcast on there. I run the Twitter Super Super Movie Pod. You can follow us on there. There you can vote in some of our polls, or you can just reach out to us to chat about movies. Thomas Iannucci provides the Trailer Park music. Fantastic guy. Fantastic recording artist. We absolutely love him. We would yes, appreciate we if you check him out on Spotify. Follow the link in the description. I want to thank all of you guys for listening. Have a great night. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.